Thank you for listening to the Paradigm Podcast. Paradigm is a young adult ministry that exists to see lives changed by Jesus. For more information about Paradigm, go to ParadigmKC.com. We hope this message is inspiring and life-changing. Thanks for listening. I want to welcome you to Paradigm. I'm so excited that you made the decision to get here tonight. I need to take a sip of my coffee real quick so I can get juiced up for the night. All right, we're ready to go now. Caffeinated and ready to go. Let's talk about dating. That'll come into play in just a minute. I want to welcome you. My name is Chad Glover. I have the privilege of getting to be uh, with you guys week in and week out. I want to welcome everybody in the crossroads of Kansas City. We're coming to you live from Lee Summit. Let's go. So excited. Let them hear y'all. Let them hear y'all. We replicated Paradigm a couple of months ago, and we get to do this thing every Tuesday night in two locations. What a privilege it is to come into this space and to open up God's Word and, ha- and, and look at what He has to say about important things like dating. And so we're kicking off this new series called Decoding Dating, because here's what's happened, man. I know that this, this picture behind me is kind of that fuzzy, trendy picture thingy, you know what I'm saying? I don't know when that became a thing where, you know, couples, they would do like their, their engagement photos and it's blurred out. It's like, oh, that's cool. I thought it was messed up at first. Anyway, I found out that that's cool. And that's indicative of our relationships, is it not? Like things are just kind of blurry, and then society says, oh, that's cool, it's so blurry, you know, that kind of thing. And, and we come in here tonight because we want to talk about this important subject matter that's gotten a little bit fuzzy, it's gotten a little bit blurry, and the problem is, is that the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about dating. And so when we look into God's word, it really doesn't even mention the word date, but it mentions a lot about God's people, it mentions a lot about men, a lot about women, a lot about marriage, a lot about sex, and a lot about love. And so we're going to look at some scriptures. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can go ahead and find your way to Proverbs chapter 31 is where we're going to be at to start off tonight. And I'm going to point you to two primary places tonight, and we're going to get, we're going to get into this series called Decoding Dating. When you decode something, you take something that's complex, and, uh, and you try to make it simple. You know, you try to, you try to crack the code. You try to decode that thing. And and, and when it comes to dating, complex would be an appropriate diagnosis of the dating scene today, right? Like, I think that y'all have come in here tonight, and, and I don't think anyone has cracked the code on dating. Or you would have already put it together on an app, and you'd be a billionaire, right? Because I think a lot of people in the season of life that y'all are in are just asking, like, what do I do? What exactly should I, should I say? And how do I respond? And, and is this my type? And what is my type? And, and so it can be a little bit confusing. So I went to the place this week that maybe some of you have gone to when you've tried to figure out some things. I went to chat GPT. I asked AI, you know, because I just thought, you know what, artificial intelligence has to have something to say about this. And so I started typing in questions like, what type of person should you date? How do you go on a date? When do you know you're actually dating? What is beautiful? What is a godly man? What is a godly woman? And y'all, AI gave me a lot of information. But it was funny because even AI, all of the artificial intelligence that gave me you know, 10 steps to this, seven steps to this, it still said, typically at the conclusion of every question I asked, dating is complex. And you need to take it slowly, <laughs> and you need to be patient, and it's going to be a lot of self-discovery, you know, and it just, AI is basically saying, hey, here's some of the best advice that artificial intelligence could give, but good luck, <laughs> you know, because it can be difficult, right? In dating, it's become very, very confusing in our culture 
You've got blind dates. You've got dating apps. You've got hormones. You've got expectations. You've got social circles. You've got music and media. You've got your mom's expectations. You, you've got all of these like questions like, are they breadcrumbing? Are they orbiting? Do they have riz? Do they have game? Is she bad? You know, all of this stuff, right? And then you come into a space like this, and if you've been in church for some time, there's this whole like Christian subculture thing. That's like, is she a Proverbs 31 woman? And if you haven't grown up in church, you have no idea what that even means, right? And you'll hear like some really upper crust theology. Somebody say, is he a Job 29 man? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Is that even a chapter in the Bible? And so there's a lot of this like Christian subculture that has created even more confusion. And so tonight, I want to try to begin to decode dating for you and make some things really, really simple. Because when something becomes complex, it can become challenging. And when something becomes challenging, it can get really confusing. And when something becomes confusing, it can lead to chaos in our life. And when there's chaos in our life, we can experience carnage in our life. And some of you, when it comes to your dating life, you are in one of those different places. You're in the complex phase, you're in the challenging phase, the confusing phase, the chaotic phase, or maybe some of you have come in here and when it comes to your romantic life, man, it's just carnage. It's a lot of hurt. And I think that y'all have come in here and many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you are in the most critical season of your life when it comes to romantic relationships. The majority of you will be married by the time that you're 80, I mean, excuse me, 85% of you, <laughs> some of y'all are like, this is not good news. <laughs> Stick to my notes, all right. <laughs> Uh, 85% of you will be married by the time that you're 35. There you go. And so the majority of you will be married in this season of life. And the person that you marry, listen, the person that you marry is the single most important relationship that you'll have this side of eternity. That your marriage will make or break you in your life. And so, like, you're, you, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. You've heard that before. But you're sitting in the season of life where you're getting to pick your family, y'all. And so we want to have wisdom, and we want to understand some of the things that God's word has to say so that we can navigate this important area of your life in a way that will bring him glory and hopefully lead to our joy in the world's good. So in this series, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to answer three questions in this series. The question that we're going to answer tonight is who should you date? Next week, we're going to talk about how do you get a date? And then the third week of this series, we're going to talk about when do you know that you're actually dating and how to have that conversation. So if you're taking notes tonight, I've titled this message, Who Should You Date? Who Should You Date? And we're going to talk about some of the things that you should look for. We're going to talk about some of the things that you should be coming. And then before we leave tonight, we're going to talk about why all of this matters. In the book of Proverbs, it's the book of wisdom. If you don't know what wisdom is, wisdom is understanding that life is connected, that you're this affects you that, that you can't just get a bunch of knowledge and, and go to artificial intelligence and get the 10 things about this and think that you know how to live this thing out. Wisdom is taking knowledge and figuring out how to apply it. In a Greek society in which a lot of the Bible was crafted in, they just said, man, you got to get knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But in a Jewish society in which the Bible was definitely crafted in, they would say that you have to understand how the knowledge connects to life, and that's wisdom. It's going to say in the book of Proverbs that you need to get wisdom at all cost. That wisdom is something that you need to give your life to getting. Wisdom is something that you can't pay a high enough price for. And we, when we look at the book of Proverbs, it's an older person speaking to younger people saying, this is what I've learned about life. 
in Proverbs 31. This is a guy named Lemuel. I think that's how you say his name. Don't name your son that, all right? Lemuel, if your name's Lemuel, I'm sorry, we'll call you Lem, all right? And so Lemuel, he's speaking to this younger person, and he's talking about this woman that's virtuous. And he begins to rattle off all of these things that a woman that is virtuous. He says, a wife of noble character, who can find? And he starts talking about this wonder woman that we see in Proverbs 31. And then he begins to land at the end of Proverbs 31 with this verse that many of you have heard. And let me read it to you right now. And here's what it says in Proverbs 31, verse 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Point number one, if you're taking notes tonight, you could write this down. What to look for? What to look for? Fellas, I'm going to give you some things to look for in a lady. You ready? I'm going to give you some things to look for in a lady. I'm going to decode dating for you tonight. We're talking about what you should be attracted to. And I'm going to give you eight things that spell the word decoding to make it really, really simple so that you know what to go after. Isn't that what we do in the church? I'm going to make it really, really simple. Here's eight things, Right? And we have this tendency to come in here and just kind of flood you with information and like, you you know, it spells this word and it's so clever, but then you leave and you're like, what am I supposed to be looking for, you know? And is she even out there, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give you three things, okay? Because, fellas, we're simple, right? We're simple-minded. Just make it three things. I can count it on one hand, right? Three things, okay? Here's the three things you need to be looking for. It's from this verse. The first thing that you need to be looking for is, is charm, charm. So is she charming? Now, now, know what you're thinking right now. Like, it, what, Chad, it says, like, charm is deceitful. We shouldn't be looking for charm. Now, I think that we automatically assume, because it says charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, that, we, that those are bad. That the Bible's saying, hey, you know, because it's deceitful and because they're passing, then that shouldn't matter to you. Those are bad. But that's not what the Bible's saying. It doesn't say charm is evil. It doesn't say that beauty is something you should avoid. It's almost like this older guy, Lemuel, is looking down with some young men and saying, hey, guys, this is kind of a given, you know, that, that, that charm and beauty are something that oftentimes that's all you're looking for. But he's saying, but don't be deceived by those things. Here's how you understand how those things are connected. He said, man, charm and, and beauty, those things can be misleading. Here's what you need to be looking for as well. But I think there's been this tendency in, in Christian circles, this is what I've kind of picked up on, is that we'll have this kind of like weird response to this verse where we'll say, you know what, the Bible says charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, so, it, you know, looks don't matter. And all the Christian men are like, oh, man, what does that mean, you know? What do you mean looks don't matter, right? And we'll kind of create this weird thing where, like, you know, you'll, you'll hear, you know, uh, uh, somebody say, well, man, looks don't matter. Look at her character, and that's important. But, but, guys, you should be attracted to your wife. Like, you shouldn't be at the altar going, she's got good character. She fears the Lord. She fears the Lord. You know, that shouldn't be, right? You should be excited about the person that God has brought in your life. And so we're talking about decoding dating. Let me just make it real simple for you guys. Is she charming and beautiful to you? Charm, it literally means that you have favor. Beauty, it's, it, it, it can be defined as beauty in the Hebrew. Like I love this, that the Hebrew for beauty is just beauty. And I love this because beauty is relative. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it's so funny when you look at what standards of beauty are in certain times in human history and in certain cultures, you'll find that beauty is all over the place, man. And oftentimes our culture is what dictates to us what is beautiful. 
And so, fellas, here, here's what you need to be looking for if you're trying to determine, am I, am I, am I trying to, you know, uh, get this girl's phone number or am I trying to pursue this girl just, you know, in a little bit further? Here's, let me just make it real simple. Is she attractive to you? Don't, don't overthink this thing. Is she charming? Is she beautiful? But here's what happens, right, fellas? That becomes it. That's our list, right? You know, if we had to, if we had to put our list on a napkin for most of our life, it's like, man, is she... Is she bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, is she good looking, right? And we just kind of stop there. But the Bible says, listen, those things, I'm just assuming that that is there. And he goes on, he says, but does she fear the Lord? And so here's what you should be looking for in a woman. Is she charming? Is she beautiful? And it's okay. Let me just release you, okay? It's okay to find this woman attractive. That's a good thing. But again, he's warning those. He's warning those people. Let me always say, hey, you need to understand these things. But you also don't need to overemphasize those things. He's saying you need to understand, but he's assuming that these, these things are important. And again, this tendency to over-spiritualize things. Guys, it's okay to be attracted to what you see. It's okay. But then he goes on, he says, but does she fear the Lord? So, is she charming? Is she beautiful? And does she fear the Lord? Now, fear the Lord, that doesn't mean does she, is she scared of God, all right? That doesn't mean is she running away from God? Don't make it weird. What it literally means is does she have a reverence and a right respect? Is she careful in the presence of God? Uh, we've been going down to the city recently with my family, and uh, when, when we go down to the city, we park on the street. And so I've been teaching my kids, like, you, you, you can't just walk out in the middle of the street, all right? We are in, we are, there's people driving around, they ain't looking for you, right? And so we're trying to teach our children how to have a proper fear of the street. Now, that doesn't mean that they're like, oh, it's a street! They're scared of the street. What it means is that they, is that they are careful when they walk through the street because they don't want to be careless they have a proper fear of the street. You get what I'm saying. And so he's saying, guys, look for a woman that fears the Lord. Is she careful with her life? Is she careful the way that she dresses? Is she careful the way that she presents herself? Is she careful? Is she living her life in light of God's expectation on her life? Now, let me just say this because I think there's a hyper-spiritual guy in the room that, that, that no woman is good enough for you because she hadn't memorized the book of Psalms, which is 150 chapters, because she hadn't, you know, she didn't study Greek or Hebrew or whatever. She hadn't been on a mission or whatever the thing is, right? Fearing the Lord doesn't mean that you're a perfect person. Fearing the Lord means that you have a posture in your heart where you are careful in the way that you present yourself, but that doesn't mean that you're perfect. So how do you determine how do you determine if a woman fears the Lord? Again, you can see beauty at a distance, and you can see, like, oh, I'm attracted to that person. But how do you determine without really getting close to that person if they fear the Lord? Well, you can't really determine the depth of someone's fear of the Lord, but you can see flashes of their fear of the Lord. And here's how you do it, fellas. Here, let me just make it real simple. You need to observe her in circles. So see how she conducts herself. Like, here's a basic thing. Is she here tonight? Is she at Paradigm tonight? Is she trying to position herself in a place where people go that would say, I fear the Lord? And so you want to observe her in circles and stalk her on socials. <laughs> all right? You need to stalk that girl, all right? Stalk her, right? If she's putting herself out there on the, on the gram, on TikTok, follow that girl, all right? Now, just a word, you know, word of advice, don't like pictures that she posted from like four years ago. That's weird, all right? Quit that, all right? She can see that. That's weird. But, but she's putting herself forward. And listen, you post the things that are your priorities. 
that on social media, like, feel the liberty to look at her social media. And if you think that she fears the Lord, but then you look at her social page and she's like, hey, you know, post all those kind of pictures. Like, I would, I would just say be careful because she's posturing herself in a way that is a little bit confusing. And so it's okay, fellas, fellas. Here's, how you, here, here's some things that you can, you can determine about the girl that you may have your eyes on. Is she attractive? It's okay to be attractive. And does she show signs that she fears the Lord? If that's the case, then you're ready for next week. Now, ladies, let's talk to you for a minute, okay? Let's talk to you about some guys, all right? Because, again, I think that right now guys are like, all right, whew, this is good. This is simple. But let me give you, ladies, a picture of some things that you should look for in some fellas. And let me point you to a guy named Joseph. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can go back to Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 39. There's this guy named Joseph. And Joseph is like, man, he's like the poster child of what, of what a man should be, all right? Joseph, he followed God through thick and through thin. Joseph followed God in the highs of life and in the lows of life. Joseph is a shining example of what it looks like to be faithful, and we get to look at Joseph's life when he was a teenager and also when he was a young adult and, and even beyond. And here's what it says. Joseph, he had been sold into slavery by his brothers. It's kind of a crazy, dramatic story. He gets bought by a guy named Potiphar, and Joseph, y'all, he was smart and he was hardworking, and Potiphar put him as the number two underneath Potiphar over all of his stuff. And here's what it says in, about Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. Picking up in verse 6, towards the end, it says this, Joseph, I love this, was a very handsome and well-built young man. He had riz. He had it all going on. It was good, right? And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. She was thirsty for Joseph, y'all. Now, I don't think he was out there thirst trapping and trying to seduce her. He was just being him, right? But she looked at him lustfully, and then she went for it. She said, come and sleep with me. She demanded I love this, but Joseph, he refused. And then he said this, look, he told her, my master trusts me with, it, with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held nothing from me except you. You're his wife because you are his wife. And he says, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Ladies, let me just, let me just give you one thing real quick. Find you a Joseph find you a Joseph, all right? I'm, I'm trying to decode dating. I'm trying to talk about who is the person that you should be attracted to. And, and let's just look at a few things that Joseph is an example of. Joseph is an example of the type of man that you should be pursuing. And so ladies, ask yourself this question. Is this man, is he handsome? I said that right here, Joseph was handsome and he was a well-built young man. So ladies, it's okay for you to find this man attractive, and again, attractive, it's relevant. And so you may, like, you may like guys with beards that swing axes or throw them anyway. You know, that may be your thing. Or you may like smooth-faced people. And you, I don't know what is attractive to you, but you just be attracted to the person. It's okay for you to find attraction to a man. Joseph, he wasn't only handsome, he was well-built. And so you can act like, does this guy, does he take care of himself? And that can mean a number of things. Not just can he bench press 300 pounds, but is his bank account healthy? Is his car clean? Does he dress nice? Whatever the thing is that you have eyes for, it's okay. And so if you're thinking about a guy, again, it's not godly for you to be like, he's just so, but he, but he reads his Bible. Like, that's not good. You should be attracted and excited about the person that you're attracted to. But Joseph, it wasn't just a guy. He wasn't just a guy that was handsome and well-built. He was a man of conviction. He was a man of conviction. And so you got to ask yourself, is this man that I'm interested in, does, does he have conviction? 
Conviction is this. Conviction is knowing God's way and choosing to walk in it. Again, conviction is much like fear of the Lord. Conviction is not perfection. I, I think for some of you ladies, you have such a high standard. You have a list that's as long as a CVS receipt, right? And it's like so many things. Like if you met Jesus when he was 21, you wouldn't have given him a shot, right? Because he didn't have a ministry and hadn't traveled much and he, you know, whatever, right? Or whatever the thing was. And so conviction doesn't mean that this man is perfect. But it means he's not chasing girls that are available. It means that he's, he's not chasing women that are available physically or digitally. Is he a man of conviction? Again, how can you figure this out? Like, are you going to go up to somebody that you really don't even know their name and say, let me see your phone, right? Like, no, don't do that. Don't be that aggressive. But you simply, you need to do the same thing that I told the ladies, or excuse me, that I told the fellas. You need to observe him in circles. You need to see how he conducts himself. And you can see from afar if you have an initial attraction there. And then you need to see how he carries himself, how he talks to people and how he treats other people. And you can see that even from a distance. You can observe him in circles. Does he go to church? Does he hold the door open for ladies? Is he serving? Is he doing those things that a man of conviction does? And again, observe him in circles. And I'm going to give you the green light too, ladies. Stalk him on socials, all right? See what he's doing on social media. Because your posts, they will portray what you value. And look at what's going on there. Now, let me just kind of share all of this like this. All right? I brought this teacup with me tonight, and, and this is like my favorite teacup, y'all. Y'all don't hate? All right. Manly men, they can drink out of these, okay? And so just about every day I drink coffee out of this teacup, and, and I love this teacup because it's so beautiful, right? It's just so, it's so dainty, it's so beautiful, and, and, and I like the way it looks. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because when it comes to a relationship and initially trying to get into a relationship, it's okay to say, I like the way the person looks, all right? It's okay. But if, as you get closer to that person and you realize there's nothing on the inside of that person and it's just all exterior, then that's probably not the person that you should allow to pursue you or you should pursue. So, fellas... Do you like the way she looks, and does she fear the Lord? And so I drink out of this cup every day, and I drink a Cortado, and I happen to have a little bit of my Cortado left from my afternoon shift, all right? And so, um, and so this coffee cup, I like the way it looks, but there's something of substance on the inside. And so it's the perfect combination. And ladies, you can like the way the fella looks, but as you get closer, is there substance on the inside? And the thing that I'm telling you initially tonight is just ask, is he a man of conviction? Is he a man of conviction? Before you get down your list of 30 things that God's impressed upon your heart when you were a 12-year-old in your, you know, your bedroom, whatever, right? Like, is he a man of conviction? Just start there. And if there's an initial attraction, go for it. It's okay. You don't have to have all of these 17 different boxes checked. I'm trying to decode dating for you tonight. I'm trying to help you to relax a little bit. Now, here's what we're going to do right now. We're about to turn a little bit, and we're going we're gonna to trade the flashlight that you've been shining on the opposite sex for a mirror that you can start reflecting upon yourself. Because I need you to start asking some things about yourself, because there's this tendency to hear something like this and be like, all right, I'm going to have my expectations up for that type of person. They better be attractive, and they better fear the Lord. They better be attractive, and they better have conviction. And fail to ask yourself, are you pursuing the best version of you, and are you pursuing these characteristics and asking God to grow them? in your life. So point number two, if you're taking notes tonight, you can write this down. Who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? 
Listen, are you becoming the one that the one that you're looking for is actually looking for? Are you becoming the type of person that the type of person you're looking for would be interested in? Who are you becoming? And listen, there's a number of places that we could run to and we could start talking about your personal characteristics and allow the word of God to be a mirror in our life. But I'm just going to stick with these verses that we've talked about tonight. So ladies, let me, talk, let me start with you. Proverbs 31, 30. Again, it says, charm is deceitful, beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Are you a woman that is charming? Are you a woman that is beautiful? And are you a woman that is growing in the fear of the Lord? Charm, again, it means favor. In favor, it can be deceiving, but charm, this is something good for you to grow in. You can be gracious and winsome. This means that you should grow in your kindness. This means that you should grow in your tone and the way that you speak. Like, I don't think I've met a man that wants a wife that's bad and bushy. I don't think I've met a man that wants a wife that's sassy and that puts him in his place. He wants a wife that's charming, that's kind, that's winsome. He wants a wife that's beautiful. So ladies, pursue beauty. Uh, beauty, again, this is kind of a hard thing because it's so relative. And so I went back to artificial intelligence and I asked artificial intelligence this week, like, what is beauty? And again, it, it concluded with these like seven things about beauty. There's outward beauty, inward beauty, and all of these different things. But in the conclusion, it just said that beauty, it's complex, it's relative, and I know right now, ladies, if you're anything like the ladies that are in my household, there's a flood of insecurities that are coming to your mind. Because when I talk about charm or I talk about beauty, there's this tendency, especially in women, just to feel overwhelmed with I'm not whatever enough. Because we live in this like saturated, you know, culture of cosmetic surgeries and cosmetic uh, supplies and you've got to apply all of these things and you've got to expand these things, shrink these things, whatever it is, and you'll find yourself comparing yourself to women that have been artificially and AI'd like generated, right? And you'll think, I've got to look like that. And you'll kind of start obsessing over the fact of what you're not. And let me just speak to you like I'd speak to my wife or my daughter's. And say, if you're wrestling with insecurity about whether or not you're charming or beautiful, first of all, you have to start with the fact that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And God makes people in all sorts of varieties. And God doesn't make junk. And God knits you together in your mother's womb. And he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And God formed you and fashioned you the way that you are. And you have to operate from that place of identity and that place of security. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are Christ's workmanship, his poetry, if you will. And that God, he doesn't make mistakes. And so if those insecurities are flooding you and you're thinking, man, I can't be whatever enough, whatever that person wants, whatever, you just be the best you that you can be. So here's what that means functionally. You need to grow in your ability to be charming. And whatever that means, some of y'all are dry-witted, some of y'all are more outgoing, whatever that means, you just be the best charming person that you can be. You need to grow in your beauty. What does that mean? Just eat well and take care of yourself. I don't know exactly what that means for you. Some of y'all, that's less makeup. Some of y'all, that's more makeup. Some of y'all, that's different. I don't know what it is. You figure it out. Ask some wisdom in your, in your circles. And you be beautiful. But again, charm is deceitful. Beauty is fading. And I wouldn't put all of my eggs in that basket. Because the word of God says a woman that fears the Lord is worthy to be praised. So let me just ask you tonight, do you fear the Lord? Do you fear the Lord? 
here's a few questions for you to ask yourself, ladies. Do I fear the Lord? Question number one, do I read God's word? It's hard to fear the Lord. It's hard to be careful around our relationship with God if you don't know what God has to say. So do I read God's word? If you want to be a woman that godly men are attracted to, then be a godly woman. And a godly woman opens God's word and reads it. Do I read God's word? Question number two, do I obey God's word? It's one thing to know God's word. It's another thing to actually do it. I remember sitting down with my wife, and I just, I love this, because I didn't have to, like, I didn't have to, like, pull what God was teaching her out of her, you know? I just sat down with her initially before we were ever a thing, and, and she just, like, spilled what God was teaching her in his word, and I just loved that, you know? I'm like, this is a woman that is reading God's word, and then I got to see it play out in her life before we were ever dating. I got to see her obeying God's word. Do you read God's word? Do you obey God's word? And here, here's the, the last one. Am I confusing on socials? Like some of y'all need to audit your Instagram because I'm giving every man here a green light and said, hey, you need to stalk her on socials, all right? You need to look at her Instagram and you need to see is that consistent with a woman that would claim to fear the Lord? Am I confusing on socials? What type of woman are you becoming, ladies? Are you becoming a godly woman or is that something that you plan to become something or is that something you plan to become in the future someday? Listen, you're only becoming more of who you are today. Today is the day that you begin to pursue the Lord and become the woman that God's created you to become. Now, does that, now that does not mean that you just throw out any sort of physical or any sort of character development that you could do, but you move them in tandem with one another. And so you be the best you that you can be, but you also seek to fear the Lord. Fellas, we saw Joseph, he was well-built, he was handsome. And he was a man of conviction. So here's three things that you can do, guys. You can be handsome. You can be well-built. And you can be a man of conviction. Who are you becoming, men? Are you becoming men that are like Joseph? Are you becoming men that have conviction? Are you becoming men that are handsome? So let's talk about what it means to be handsome. Handsome, when I looked this up this week, I was like, all right, what does handsome mean? Handsome just means handsome. That's all it means. I couldn't find the etymology of handsome. It's just like somebody that's got it together, you know. And so, guys, let me just ask you a couple things. Are you handsome in the way that you take care of yourself? Okay, you, you can't be taller and you can't be shorter. You, you're the height that you are, all right? And just, you know, work with what you got, fellas, all right? And you be the best you you can be. Are you going to be handsome financially? What I mean by that is you're going to take care of yourself. Some of you are not ready to have a girlfriend, and you're definitely not ready to have a wife because you haven't been faithful to take care of your bank account. You need to be handsome financially. Is your car handsome? Not like do you have a Tesla or a Mercedes or whatever the thing is, but like if you got a hoopty, is it clean? You know what I'm saying? Like what, it, what are you working with? And take care of what's been entrusted to you. Do you dress to the best of your ability? Or are you always sloppy, always wrinkly, kind of smelly? <laughs> all right, like get it together, all right? Even if you've got to shop at places, you don't have to shop at, at Nordstrom. You don't have to shop at the, the, the best and, and greatest places, you, but you just be the best that you can be. Be handsome. Says that Joseph was well built. So, guys, how are you taking care of your body? Do you walk sometimes in the week? Just go for a walk, guys. Just do these little shoulder tap things every now and then, all right? I don't know what that does, but apparently that burns something, all right? Are you eating well? Are you taking care of your body? Are you exercising? Have you shaved this week, fellas? Have you gotten a haircut? Have you shaved that werewolf hair that gets on your neck? You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, you lucky, you ain't got that. But some of us others, right, 
We're the hairy back people, all right? So are you taking care of that, okay? Are you taking care of what God's given you? Are you handsome? Are you well built? And then last, are you a man of conviction? Am I a man of conviction? Fellas, do you respect women? Joseph, when Potiphar's wife came to him with this opportunity, he had a respect for women. Do you respect women, men? When, when, when you're around women, do you cherish them and treat them like sisters, like your mother? Do you respect women? Joseph, he had a respect for Potiphar's wife. Even though she was tripping, he had a respect for her. Do you respect women? Joseph didn't try to take what wasn't his, even though it was freely being offered. Some of y'all, you don't have a Potiphar's wife in your life. You don't have a real woman that's throwing herself at you. But you got a digital one. You had a Potiphar's wife called pornography. And guys, listen, the reason why some of you lack the courage to go talk to a real one is because you're looking at naked ones on your phone. And it's robbing you of confidence. This has been scientifically proven, and it just makes sense. Because you're looking at things, and you're looking at people doing things that you're not supposed to be looking at, and you're disrespecting women, and you're disrespecting yourself. Are you a man of conviction? Godly women don't date boys. They date godly men. And the way you become a godly man, take care of yourself. and Be a man of conviction. So do you respect women? Here's another way that you can determine, am I a man of conviction? Do I know what God says? Do I know what he says? I love Joseph. Not only does he respect Potiphar's wife and Potiphar, but he, he ultimately says, the reason why I'm not going to sleep with you is because this is a sin against God. This is wickedness against God. He saw that it was a sin against God. Do you know God's word, guys? Do you know what his word has to say? Do you know what it, his word has to say about you? And are you trying to live it out? So how do you know if you're a man of conviction? Do you respect women? Do you know what God's word has to say? And then thirdly, do you flee sexual sin? If you know the story of Joseph, there came a time where Potiphar's wife, like she had enough of him playing games. And so she snatched him and he like took off running, y'all. He ran out of the house with his robe still in her hand. And like this is kind of this weird dramatic deal, but he didn't stay and try to like get his clothes back and he just ran. And so fellas, are you a man of conviction? Do you flee sexual sin? The Bible is so funny to me because it tells us to stand firm and resist the devil. That's what it says. But then it'll tell us when it comes to sexual sin, flee. Don't even stand firm against that one. Run away. And so, men, the way that you know that you're becoming a man of conviction is that you flee sexual sin. What type of person are you becoming? Are you becoming the type of person that the person that you're looking for is looking for? Well, maybe you're here and you're like, like, how do I know if I'm becoming that person? Like, I think some of us are listening right now, and like, there's just a flood of insecurity. Like, I don't know if I'm that type of person. And you're like, over-analytical, this is most women, and some guys, like, just over-analyze, and I don't know, am I, am I enough, am I enough, am I enough? And I think that there's this tendency that I've seen as I've talked to my single friends, that singleness begins to compound. And like, you'll get into your late 20s, and you feel like it's musical chairs in the dating game, and like, the music's about to get turned off, you know? And you're just like, I just need to find a seat next to a person, you know, and, and it can feel this pressure and, and you can come into a space like this and you can start having like an overwhelming sense of insecurity. And so I'll talk with some of my, my single friends and, and especially the guys and, and I'll just be like, hey man, let me speak life into you, man. 
if you're overwhelmed with insecurity, let me just say, man, I see this in you. I see you taking care of yourself. And some of you men need to hear this from me. Some of you ladies need to hear I see you taking care of yourself. I see you trying to grow in your character. I see you trying to grow in your fear of the Lord. I see you trying to grow in your conviction. And you keep going, all right? And you're going to be a great catch for somebody someday. But then I also see people, some of my single friends, and, uh, and they're just, their ignorance abounds, because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, marriage material, you know, like, I got all these things going on, right? And I'll sit down with some of them, and, like, I'll, sometimes I'll hear somebody say, like, hey, man, I'm just, I'm re- I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready, like, start dating, like, serious, like, ready, I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready, I'm ready to find a wife. I'm like, you still live with your mom, bro. Like, and that's not, like, that's not so you can save money to put a down payment on a house. Like, you, like you're, you're mooching off of her, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I'll tell them. Man, if, if I had a daughter that was marrying age, I wouldn't recommend you. Because you're not, you're not trying to do these things. This is like the basic things. And so how do you know if you're doing these things? Some of y'all, you're so, you're so overwhelmed with insecurities and you feel like you're not doing enough and you need somebody to say, no, no, like you're dateable. It's okay. It's okay. Just be patient. It's okay. And then others of you, your ignorance is abounding. You think like you're the, the cat's meow, you know, and you, and you need somebody to go, yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like, you need, to, you need to shave. You know, you need to take care of some things. So how do you know if you are these things? Ask somebody that's older than you, that you trust, they'll tell you the truth. And not your mom. All right? Because your mom would be like, no, yours, yes. Wow, I wish I was 20 again, you know, right? Ask somebody that's older than you that you trust that'll tell you the truth. And just ask them, do you see these things present in my life? And is there anything else that I could do that would set me up to be dateable? We're trying to decode dating tonight. And I think there's a lot of confusion around like, what do I need to do to get ready? Listen, there are some basic things. Take care of yourself and take care of your soul. Take care of yourself, take care of your soul. And you become that type of person and then look for people that are taking care of themselves and taking care of their soul. And then don't overthink this. Don't get a list of 37 things initially that have to be checked before you'll even receive their phone number or ask for their phone number, right? And I think sometimes we get so worked up and it becomes so confusing. Let me decode some of this and just simplify it on the question, what type of person should I be looking for? Now, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, third point and finally, why does all this, why does all this matter? Why does, why does it matter? Why, why are we here? Why are we talking about this? And why are we trying to decode dating? And, and why, what, is all this, what is all this for? Listen, I'll say it again. Who you date will determine who you marry. And who you marry will either make or break your life. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have come in here and you've gone through the pain of divorce because you rushed a decision and you married a person that you shouldn't have never married. Some of you, you've come in here and you've been the product of divorce because of your parents. And listen, who you marry is so important. There's no perfect person out there, but you need to be wise. And that's why this matters. Listen, God cares deeply about your relationships. God cares about who you're going to marry, but he cares so much more about your relationship with him. That maybe the reason why dating is so difficult is because God wants to use that to drive you to him. 
And some of the best lessons I've learned and some of the most growth I've experienced is when I was pursuing a relationship with my wife and asking God for wisdom. I'm like, God, this is so important. I need to know, is this the person? I, you know, I'm seeking God, and God gave me that struggle so that I would run to him. And maybe you've come in here tonight, and the reason why you have so much baggage relationally, the reason why you have so much difficulty in your dating life is because God's trying to say, hey, there's a bigger relationship, and I'm going to leverage all of this struggle so that you'll come to me, that God cares about your marriage, he cares about your dating life, but he cares about your relationship with him so much more. And God may be using your love life so that he can give you abundant life in him. See, the greatest relationship that the Bible talks about is the relationship between you and God. And it's going to say this, that the relationship between you and God, it's a mystery. And so the Bible goes through great lengths to try to decode the mystery that exists between our relationship with God. Because God is perfect, y'all. He's holy. He's righteous. Yet he wants a relationship with people that are imperfect that are sinful, that have rebelled against him. And the Bible goes through great lengths to try to decode that mystery. So if you're here tonight and you've come to get tips and tricks about how you can get a date, man, I hope that you get something. But don't miss the reason why we're here tonight ultimately. It's not so that you can get a date. It's so that you can get God. Because that is the most important relationship. And you can look good on the outside, but the reason why you want to fear the Lord, ladies, is because that brings glory to God. Fellas, you can look good on the outside, but the reason why you want to be a man of conviction is because that brings glory to God. And it positions you in a place to be successful in whatever relationship you're in. And so tonight, my last question is, do you have a relationship with Christ? Has there been a point in your life where you've realized that God is perfect and that you're not? Has there been a point in your life where you've realized, man, I am in desperate need of a relationship with God? And maybe that's been through dating. Maybe you've had your heart broken. Maybe you've done some things you should have never done. Maybe you've messed some things up and you're thinking, man, I need grace. I need forgiveness. And you've come in here tonight and you just there's just a sense of condemnation and guilt. And listen, Christ, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to remove that. And the decoding of the mystery of the Bible is that God sent his son Jesus to die for you so that you would have no doubt in your mind whether or not God loves you. And he did that so that you would know where you stand with him if you would confess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. Have you done that? Has there been a time in your life where you've admitted that you're a sinner, that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, and you confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life? And if you have it, man, tonight, I pray that you would. I want to invite you just to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to ask you a couple of questions, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to turn it over to uh, the folks there in the city after this, and I'll give you a chance to respond here tonight here in Lee Summit. Question number one, what type of person are you looking for? What type of person are you looking for? And would you be willing to decode some of that And just say, man, am I attracted to them and do they fear the Lord? Am I attracted to them and do they, do they have conviction? And then you, would, you wouldn't lose sight of all of the other things, but you also wouldn't turn someone away because they haven't checked all those boxes initially. So question number one, what type of person are you looking for? Question number two, are you becoming the type of person that you're looking for? 
don't have this sort of double standard. He better be this or she better be that. And all the while, while you're walling out, doing whatever you want to do, right? Are you becoming that type of person? And then question number three, do you see why all this matters? I just want to have a special time of prayer right now. And I want to pray for you as my friends. I know there's a lot of pain around this subject matter. I know there's a lot of confusion. And I just want to ask God that he would give you all wisdom so that you would be successful in the endeavor of dating and marriage in your life. So I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you for my friends here tonight that have come and lend me their time, ultimately lent you their time. God, I thank you for the wisdom that you have put into your word. God, I pray that it would strike us to the heart, that we would all seek to take take good care of ourselves, but ultimately we would take good care of our souls. God, I pray for the young lady here that doesn't feel beautiful, that doesn't feel charming. God, I pray that you would just speak to her that she's your daughter, that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. God, for the man that doesn't feel well-built or handsome, God, I pray that you would just help him to see that you've made him in your likeness, that he's your son. God, you would help them to discipline themselves, that they would take care of themselves, but they wouldn't obsess over the externals to a point of an eating disorder or to the point of deprecating themselves every time that they look in the mirror. But God, I pray that they would just confidently walk in the body that you've given them and that they would take care of themselves, that they would do the things that they can do, but they would rest ultimately in the way that they were made by you. God, I pray for the person that's just sick and tired of being lonely, sick and tired of being overlooked, the woman that's a woman that fears the Lord, but no one's ever asked her out. God, I pray that you just give her patience, that you would help her to lengthen her patience, not lower her standards. For, for the man that's a man of conviction, that, is, that has said no to his, his sex drive, that has sought to seek your word, God, and, and that's, that hasn't been able to have a date, God, I pray that you would just minister to him, that you would encourage him, that you would help him to rise again and not to give up. But God, I pray that you would help them to know that you see them. God, that you would give them the privilege of a relationship someday if they so desire. And for the person that's here that's none of these things that we've talked about, that's so narcissistic and so like into themselves, but not into their soul at all, God, I pray that they would just bring balance. They wouldn't swing the pendulum into some weird place where they just eat crazy and never exercise, but they read the Bible. And God, I pray that you'd help them to move in balance. The person that's here that has no fear of you, has no conviction, God, I pray that this would be the season that they fear you, God, and that they have conviction. And I pray that you would bring about healthy relationships where people would move towards marriage in a way that would bring you absolute glory. Father, ultimately, I pray if there's someone here that doesn't know you tonight, God, I ask that tonight would be the night that a decoding dating series would be the night that they're like, I need Jesus. <laughs> they would come to know you. That'd be awesome. And so, God, I pray that that would be the case. God, that you would move mightily in this season of life for my friends, and that they would see your hand at work in them and around them. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.